You are listening to episode number 46 of the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Melancon from Debacle Records. Each week, one of us picks a Rancid or Rancid adjacent or related, maybe, song, and we talk about it and all our complicated feelings. So this week, we're, we're going with adjacent. Um... I feel like this is a pretty big one, actually. Yeah. Uh, and so I, this is one of our real first introductions in a way, like full-fledged introductions to Tim. And so we're going to talk about Bad Town. <laughs> So, Bad Town is obviously an Operation Ivy song, was on Energy, which came out May 28th, 1989, which this is kind of funny, this is totally random. Um, My mom has been cleaning out her attic and their closets and stuff, and she, yesterday when I go to pick up my daughter, she has a couple of things of mine that she had found, and one of them is a collection of short poems by Bradley Rose compiled on... May 28th, 1989. Really? Yes. I just, when I was putting the notes together for this today, I just saw, I was like, holy shit. And mostly it's Shel Silverstein poems. There's apparently three of my own poems that I nice. wrote when I was, nice. t- and that was five days after my 10th birthday. So, yeah, I was going to uh, say, how old were you? Yeah, so I, was, you were I just turned 10. Oh my God. It's, and I'd drawn pictures on all of the poems that went with the mm-hmm. poems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I released my first poetry collection on the same day that Operation Ivy reached energy, released energy. Now, if that is not fate, I don't know what it is. What is? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, enough of that. So Operation Ivy. Um, yeah, all the stuff here. I don't, I think I got the songwriting credits on here because the lyrics are clearly by Tim, not by Jesse. Uh, Jesse's just on back, uh, background vocals on this. And the guest musician here is Paul Bay on saxophone. So, and I, I looked him up. I, I, he looks like he would did one, like a couple other things. He was in another mellow band, mellow brothers mm-hmm. band, but that I didn't see any other interesting. I was like, it was this like some uptones guy or whatever, but like not a untalented performance. Like it's actually one of the more no. like striking things about the song is how incredible, how tonally interesting that saxophone yes. is for this type of music and for, you know, you're kind of like, oh, this guy seems this guy has like, chops. Yeah, this guy has <laughs> chops for like being like, you know, some 20 year old kid in, yeah. at a gilman show you know what i mean it's not what right. you would expect right you know like right and i think um in that one show you can see this live like the first time tim plays it live um mm-hmm. i think that's him and it sounds like him and and it um sounds good and has that same sort of like 
there's uh, like some interesting timbres going on and like in and you're just like you know probably just like a jazz you know band kid you know you're probably playing jazz band yeah, yeah exactly and just like kind of knew some stuff and knew these kids and um uh, knew the drummers and 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 uh whatnot but like you're kind of like where's this kid <laughs> you know, like this like iconic uh incredible opener and incredible little solo in the middle of this you know um right i mean incredible I, yeah, I, obviously it's not incredible but it's it's right it's it's really like in the fabric of of the op ivy sound and like it's again not yeah. what you expect it to sound like and it and i really think that opening that like and the way it sounds and like the the pause that happens in it you know at the beginning of that song before everything starts is just like so important and iconic like such an incredible uh i remember like the i remember the first time listening to this album and when this same like you know i mean the first time listening to it it's very i i well i vaguely remember let's say this but like i remember listening to this song like and because when it comes on yeah it is so striking when you just hear that boom and it's like whoa what what's happening here because you know like on the first half of it or whatever there i mean operation ivy is you know this ska punk thing yeah very like hardcore (laughs) like there's almost like a proto like gravity records like element to them yeah you know? like, it, where it's i'm like they're going pretty hard you know and they're pretty screamy and like right bah, 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 you know like and and then this yeah and then this hits and it's like oh we're really leaning into that now like all right it's just yeah it's really i feel like you could really do something with like taking the the, the that melody progression and stretching it out and doing something, you know, it's a nice little tribute to this. Like, I feel like I was mm. listening to the, uh, oh yeah, nah, nah, nah. and like, and then I was just like, God, that's something we should swipe and do. It's so un, un, uh, inspired in some level, but like, I, like my brain was just like, I love the tone of this thing. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure it's not what they were thinking, but like, I do, I do think they were thinking like, yeah, let's start with this kind of saxophone thing to kind of break up. You know, it is this slower song, you know, that's about kind of a plaintive mm-hmm. song. So, like, I'm sure that was the point, but I, I, I don't think they were so... I wonder how aware they were of, like, how much that saxophone opener with the, the texture of it was going to be iconic. You know, I'm sure in the moment they were like, hey, we're going to have our buddy play a saxophone because it kind of changes things up. But I, don't, I wonder how much... Uh, yeah, how much they knew it was like, yeah, you know, it was a little extra. I think there's more spice on it than they thought, yes. they, 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 than they, they expected to get. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, I I really appreciate it. Right. It's funny that we spent all the starting of this talking about it, but it really is like the right. iconic thing that you first feel when you hear the song. Yes. Like, you're like, and it's also funny that it's like, oh, you hear an op. Are there other Op Ivy songs with horns? I can't think of any. I was thinking, yeah, I I can't. I, well, I don't I don't know. You know, there's all the demos and all the random. Yeah. I don't know all that stuff super as well. Yeah, I don't know. But on Energy or Hectic, I can't think of one. Yeah, which is funny because they're kind of the ska core band, you know, but like. Right. But this is the only song that actually has <laughs> Oh, I, you know, that's a, it seems like a Tim thing where like they bring yes. in horns to be not ska horns, you know, right. and for the most part. And, and, uh, it's just another one of those times and, and it's, God, it's so good. And it's, it's such a, 
big part of why I like this song. But um, so I, I go ahead, go ahead. Well, Sorry. so something you said last time when I picked this song is I, I can't remember exactly what you said. You, I wish you know maybe if I'd listened back to the episode, um, <laughs> prepared for this. But you basically said that you know you think that Tim pretty much tells us who he is. Something along yeah. those lines from yeah, yeah. On, yeah. like this early like f- song. Yeah, and so I'm I, curious, and, and I and I have similar feelings on that, but I want to hear what you think, like where, like where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. So just to get into that, like I was thinking a lot about. I was reading that you got to read it at some point, I guess, because it's becoming like a touchstone thing that I come back to. I was reading that New Yorker article about. Um, Agnostic Front and Madball and um, mm-hmm. all the New York hardcore things and about how like you know a lot of these guys are basically conservative like tough guys you know who were like literally you know like you know F bashing was a big thing you know um, and like beating up the art school kids and like you know like had Reagan stickers on their van and like you know like were getting in gang fights on the street and like, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. there's this tough guy conservatism that, that like is hinted at and rancid that we, we recoil from, right? Like that was epitomized by that bit of New York hardcore. And then it was kind of coming back with this sick of it all era. And H2O was kind of like this happy, positive sort of reaction to that, but still friends with all those people. Right. And in that crew and, and, um, you know, they toured with Madball and Sick of It All and all these things. And 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 he was really more close to the H2O guy. And I was thinking about him on the podcast with H2O. And I was thinking about that um, that New York article. And I was just like, how do I resolve the whole, like, they love the New York hardcore guys. <laughs> and how sweet Tim is. And just that's this larger issue of, like, Tim surrounds himself with Skinhead Rob and all these people right. that are, like, these. There's this sort of tough guy bullshit. Right. That stresses us out about Tim, that he loves it, but he is this kind of sweet poet kid, right? And, like, he said it better back in 1989, (laughs) 1988 or 89, you know, when he wrote this, than most people have ever said it. You know, like, this is a really clear, like, anti-youth violence, anti-gang, anti-being, like, being kind of worried about kids fucking each other on the street and like why and he's just like he obviously was like hey i really want to write a song about this you know and jesse kind of said sure you know like okay you can write a song about it and and you know it's not the deepest song in the world but for a 20 21 you know year old kid who you know doesn't always isn't always the most like eloquent guy i i was like that this you know they won't look you in the eye, all that stuff. Like, I just think it's like such a good diagnosis of like the tough guy pack mentality, mm-hmm. right? Like, like it, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it's calling out the thing that we call that we are creeped out yes. about him, you know? And it, it's, and he, he, so it's like, he's got it in him to like be grossed out by this shit. And then, so when he's later in life, you know, maybe right. he thinks he can change these guys. Maybe that's like his like secret is that like he actually thinks he's kind of like a good, a good influence. influence on these guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like I think that's what the H2O Toby guy, who's now like literally a motivational speaker, you know, right. like I, I think maybe these are these guys who see good things in these troubled, you know, young men and want to give them a place to go be positively violent. You know, like there's there's some truth to like hardcore was good for certain kids because it let them work through trauma yeah. in a healthier way. Like, I think that's what's part of punk rock and, and hardcore was for. But then if it gets taken over by these people, you know, if, if Roger Moret is running the whole thing, then you're like, <laughs> all right, we're going to go beat up some queers. And you're like, right, wait, well, wait hold on a second. You know, well, but it's, and it's also like the thing we talk about with, you know, at that point, you're so far in. It's like with fascism, right? You're so far. In, it's like, OK, I guess we are. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's like it's such a it's such a slippery slope to totally fucked up stuff. Yeah. And so it's like. Yeah, we can we can extol the virtues of of sort of positive male bonding and all these things, but all those things are exactly weaponized to be awful, right? And so it's it's why we're we've talked yes. endlessly about this it's on this like podcast. Half right? of what and the like, podcast is about, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the, I think this is such a clear like this is who Tim is. Tim doesn't want this, and he's creeped out, and he saw you know I don't know whether or not it's true, but he, it's like. It's a bunch of kids beat the shit out of and well, maybe I mean, killed another it, kid. You know, yeah, well, I mean, wasn't the song? A, yeah, I mean, wasn't it a reaction to like violent pits at their shows or something? I swear to God, I read that somewhere. It might be, um, you know, but like, yeah. I, I and and yeah, there was a lot of element of Operation Ivy it was like it was a commentary on the scene, like a lot of early Fugazi that was like right, sort of calling out. Wait, hardcore doesn't have to be this. There's all this positive feelings to music scenes and punk scenes and everything. Like, let's not slide, you know, like, and especially when you're young, scene politics, it's like campus politics, you know, the stakes are so high because, or the the feelings are so extreme because sure. the stakes are so low or whatever that, that line is, you know, right. it feels a lot like that. And so when I was listening to this, I, I had been like really mulling over that hardcore thing because like. I did also really loved hardcore as a kid and metalcore and all these things and, and found a lot of catharsis in it and, you know, didn't ever go as far as and like, it's not like I was listening to Madball talk about family and all this shit, but like I, I did test the waters, but I was both loved and was creeped out by the Dropkick Murphy's sort of Boston tough guy thing and all that stuff. Like, so it's something I wrestled with. Right. And so reading like a kind of a retrospective on it that was well-written, I was like, thinking a lot about it a couple of weeks ago when we were kind of talking about all this stuff. And, right. and then I had been listening to Op Ivy in the car, like right before you had picked up this one. And I was like, God, this song is so funny because it's like Tim just straight up staring you in the eye and saying he's not yeah. for any of this shit. And it's right. like, but then he puts Roger Moret records and you're like, yeah, this guy certainly ambushed some, a- some art student or kid and beat the shit out of him more than once in there it's life yeah and you're friends with them you know what well, I, mean? like, I think it's interesting that you're you know how you're talking about how you know maybe it's a thing where they think they can be the positive influence yeah yeah and and you know when you think of someone like tim who has a massive ego yes that tracks right yeah yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and and it's you know and but then you and it's probably harder I mean, I know it's harder. I've we've all experienced this, where it's you you go into it thinking that, and you don't even realize that it's it's the opposite thing that's happening. Where it's having you're not having this positive effect on this charismatic other person's actually pulling you in, having this negative effect on you. 
And I think, you know, but I do agree that I think that's who Tim is. I mean, and this is, it's kind of an interest, it's a thing that it's, and it's not the only time he ever talks about this. I think about, so like one of my favorite, I mean, it's the thing in my Twitter bio, like my favorite Tim line ever is on Journey to the End of the East Bay, where it's, I said, he said, this is a Mecca. And I said, this ain't no Mecca, man. This place is fucked. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of these recurring ideas of where like all of, you know, like on this, like we're no, like the violence is glorified and all that is bullshit or this, you know, everybody thinks all these things that are so great. No, it's fucked. And I think that Tim is like a smart enough guy. Like you see in places throughout his career that he, he he has these moments where he fully seems to recognize that and express that. But mm-hmm. then I, it's the, and, and again, I think it's, you know, it's one of the things that makes him so interesting is there is this push pull of like, he, he really in his core maybe believes this and feels these things, but then he's so, you know, as we've talked about this, when you, you know, wanting, um, positive male reinforcement and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and those, mm-hmm. and that drags you to the other side and it's, and it's easy to get swayed by that when you are looking for that. And, and then also added on top of that, you have this ego thinking like, Oh, well I can go there and change them. And I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, I, I this whole mixed bag is of what makes, Tim, this compelling, often infuriating person, like saw so, like yeah, to yeah. me, and, and really, and, and it's all there. And it, but it's, I mean, it's so interesting that in 1989, it is all there. It's like, it's like the, you know, I mean, like you said, and he expresses it, and especially for him, and especially as a 20 year old, this in this really direct, eloquent way, and. It's yeah. I, this song has. I, I was. Th- this is a song that has gotten so like better to me over the years. And well, I yeah, appreciate that because so I want to ask a question about like where does okay. it fit in the canon. But I do want to ask one other thing, which is like, isn't there a thing with like born again people who have gone through something and then they become born again and they're like saved, quote unquote, by you know mostly by people paying attention to them and and the church paying attention to them and they're like, oh, I'm saved. And then they want to go out and save, you know what I mean? Like, like they, there's sort of this like proselytizing. Like, yeah, and and you're like, I mean, it's, I went yeah. through it, so I want to go help other people go through it, right? And it's like Tim was saved by good people around him and was saved by music and all these things and like like avoided a, a couple periods of more than once in his life. It seems like he was saved by you know op ivy saved him and then rancid saved him and then like you know like like he he could have been a much worse guy i think in certain ways and he he got recovery you know he went through these recovery motions and like all these things and ended up kind of a better guy and i wonder how much that like creates this mentality of like i will go out and i will save other people you know and i (laughs) i did it and like and it kind of creates this like I mean, it's extreme to say messiah complex, and I'm sorry to, like, diagnose a guy from afar. He's just a human being, but, like, you know, right. whatever. That's what we're doing. So, like, but, like, like I wonder how much, 
you convince yourself that like everybody's going to be like me so i can just like do what everybody else did for me and i'll just go save everybody else you know like oh absolutely. And sort of like the thing i did for lars like it's like they kind of saved lars's ass and the to like matt and matt and brett saved him and then then yep. they go help lars out and it's like oh look this is working and then then you just start drinking your own kool-aid about like look how amazing this is that like we can consistently save people by like just time and attention and it's like and then you end up with a record like honor is all you know (laughs) (laughs) but it's true and it's like so i i I, no i I think that's how much that that creates like this like pattern in your brain of like i am this very powerful person that can create it happened for me happened for my buddy let's go do it for this buddy and then like you start forgiving things because you're like well they're just on this path to becoming better you know and 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 you no, I and think just that's, like all it takes is me showing up and giving them a time, God, money, no, and I attention. I, no, I think that's. I think that's. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot in that, and and we've all experienced that in one way or another. You know, I mean, I think of, I think of so many times of, um, you know, I mean, this is you know when we think about uh, privilege, right? And we think of people who yeah. who have ended up in these elevated positions and 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 oftentimes think you know it's like oh it's because i'm fucking amazing it's like no because you are a upper class white guy and and like you ended like and so and but then you started out halfway down the racetrack right yeah and and i'm not suggest saying that that you know tim has no, but he had like good uh, good fortune along the way right. too. Like he had talent. He makes talent with good fortune, and and then he was able to bring that good fortune to people around him, and it worked a couple times. And he was like, "Hey, good thing you were born in an era where there was big contracts ready to right. be given out for punk and all these things." You know, it's like, and and, and then, but and then it's at the same time, and this is where again, it's it it, it fucking destroyed people too. All you got to do is look at the Brody situation. Yeah, and, exactly. And exactly. and that's where, you know, again, I think that's a great example of drinking your own Kool-Aid. And then when it all goes wrong, um, you can't, it's hard to be self-reflective and take responsibility for your part. And God, I mean, because, now you're surrounded by all these fuck faces that you were like, yeah. hey, I'm going to help them. And then they're like, don't worry, bro, I got you. You know what I mean? Right, like, I mean, that, now, yeah. I mean, it's a, like, you know, a, what if that happened? What if that happened and the people around him were like Jesse, you know, I feel, you know, cause again, yeah, yeah, Jesse yeah. probably would have <laughs> punched him in the face and been like, fuck you, dude. What do you do? You know, maybe not. Maybe I'm giving yeah, you. Yeah. 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 But, but like it's, uh, when you, yeah. When you surround yourself with, well, especially with the people that you've quote unquote saved, yeah, uh, that you're on this like path with of like trying to make them be better people. I mean, they you're have a vested knife edge, right? You know, because they this, have like, a vested vulnerable person, yeah. And they have a vested interest in keeping your the you know the train yeah, going. Your train right? going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a pretty classic story for sure. You know, this is kind yeah. of yeah. And so you know, it's um, yeah. I, I, like the one of the things I love about going back to Op Ivy songs is I think you really you get such a, a clear picture of who Tim started out as because yeah, it was like, sure. this is all before, you know, I mean, Op Ivy in the scene were obviously big, but compared to what Rancid is, is nothing right at the time. And they were a lot less codified. Like you just go look at them and they're just these like dudes <laughs> right. and t-shirts, you know what I mean? Like they're not, right. 
there's a lot less like trying to be like this like they're still figuring out who they are and like yeah yeah exactly so i i agree like like you this is a more unvarnished like, them yeah. working through things and like being like what do i believe and right you know and and what do i sound like because one of the other things i love about this is like i was listening to you know a couple songs before and after this song on the on the collection and it was like damn like there's some stuff that it's like hard to believe Tim wrote the guitar for. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like I know. So angular and interesting <laughs> and like post-punky and and hardcore and like. Pop Ivy was. Oh, God, it's, it's such kinda a cool combination <laughs> of like like Gang of Four and like I mean they really are like contemporaries to like Fugazi and all these other cool you know like there's yeah. such a cool vibe to them you know. For, for being such an uncool genre and band right. and, you know, in, in certain ways, you know? Yeah. And like, this is just a, the, but that's one question I do have. Well, I should say in general, it's just like, it's so cool to hear Tim and Matt figuring out who they are and trying on all these other styles. And it's before they've been like, this is how I play guitar. You right. know, and it's like, right. That part is cool. There's some other ones that we'll, I'm sure we'll get to, even if they're not very Tim centric, I think we're just going to, it's kind of under the fold of this, I you know, like so they're too. playing, they're making all the music. I mean, like, why would we not? Right. Um, it doesn't matter who sings the song, you know? Yeah. Um, and any excuse I can have to just like, to talk about one of the best bands. Be a, yeah. Exactly. Well, and I was going to say, and to just like gush over Jesse Michaels. I yeah, exactly. I, I mean, fucking we, love Jesse Michaels. Also, it's just like part of the thing. Like, yeah. R- Rancid is, I mean, Rancid doesn't exist. Rancid's without. a reaction to Op Ivy. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like, I think, it's like kind of bigger but in the shadow still you know and and also yeah. the to the point it's like it's also just this little thing that happened then and it's become this big thing in people's minds yeah because of all that talent that they had and it's like you know the whole point of journey to space is like it's like it's not it was just a thing that happened right. it wasn't something magical you know all that stuff is so interesting so um anyways <laughs> the big question i have is I think I remember when listening to like Op Ivy with friends and like when people will talk about this band, like, isn't this song like somewhat derided? Like I, I, I never I, felt that way, but like, isn't this the joke song I think to most so. people? Yeah. I, I would, that. people I knew would always, especially make fun of the course. And I mean, this is, you know, I can't remember what song we talked about where it's like a litmus test. Like the litmus, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is very, I mean, it is Tim being Tim. It's unfiltered Tim. (laughs) And and for me, and and you know, the funny thing is, is when I first heard it when I was probably like 15 or 16, I had a harder time with it. And then as I've gotten older, I, I really love this song. And, and I, I feel like I must have too. Like I'm, I think, especially the recording early on before the remaster. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, and it's like even Jesse's kind of 
jumping around with the no, 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 that part, you know. Oh, like, I always feel like that was eventually like Jesse Breen, like, okay, I can't take any more of your fucking thing, and I'm going to just kind of. St- but even he it. slides around a little well, bit on that, you know. Yeah. For Jesse, you for know. Je- like, right. That's true. For, it's way better than Tim, but it's like <laughs> it, it, he's kind of off on his own land. And like, it's got a demo quality. I mean, all their stuff has a demo quality, but like that, this song especially, and like. I, I must have also had a hard time, but like I can't even put my head back because now it's like one of my favorite Op Ivy songs of all time. Like I just, I, yeah, I love it. And like, I don't know, I don't know where, you know, how people feel about it now, though. You know, I don't know if it's still derived. Yeah, this is a good one to like. I would love to hear people's feelings on this and like, did it evolve over time or? Or do you still think it sucks? Or did you always? Or love is it? this like a proto rancid song in your head? Because like to me, this is like. I hear that, and like I'm just like, I love this, you know. Like I'm just yeah. I'm having oh, right. like the like I I can't puts me right in this place, and I want to hear that 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 metallic weird Tim guitar sound. The from guitar Abadi. tone on this on, on this album <laughs> <That> is <clangy. laughs> It's so terrible, but I love it so much. <laughs> it's so good, and I, so yeah. like. It's just like, you know, and it's just like, it's so good. And it's just, it, it, it really does feel like he, he's working through some frustration and trauma, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a very sweet song and it's also got a great little baseline from Matt, you know, like it, it's yeah. a kind of understated one, but it's really like hold held down by that. It's a, I don't know. Again, I think it's, I think there's an era and a time when, saying, hey, we're going to whack, you know, Rhapsodic about Bad Town for 40 minutes. <laughs> People would be like, are you we're kidding me? Like that song? You know, no, fucking Bad Town? No more, no more but bad I don't town. remember that. Like, because to right. me, it's like, yeah, fucking Bad Town, right? It's, I know, mean, it's, it's a, this is a big one to me. I mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, especially in the context like, of, of Rancid, because it's, our again, it's like our first real taste of Tim as a lead vocalist. Of- it feels very much like, uh, I think you also mentioned this, that like it's kind of like a, a couple of the Op Ivy songs with him. You can really see that like his sort of like spitting kind of rapping mm-hmm. rhythmic thing because he was yeah. not used to singing goes all the way back to these, yeah. you know? And like, and like he almost loses that for a little while and then it comes back and like transplants and later and like life won't wait and... And, and later stuff, uh, it, it sort of elevates again. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but this, in a lot of ways, feels like, I don't know, like proto, proto later rants. It doesn't yeah. feel like proto 93 rants. It feels no. like proto it, pr- like, Life on Wait or something. Yeah, or, like Ska songs uh, on Up in the Wolves or something. Yeah, exactly. It feels a little bit more... And it's so kind of sweet and calm. Yeah, Outcome of the Wolves is a good one because it kind of feels like that sort of like reflection of Outcome yeah. of the Wolves and all the good yeah. things I think about. Like when Tim's firing, it's this sort of thing, right? Like it's this sort right, of like sad. emo earnestness, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. so, I mean, yeah, it's a good pick. And it, I mean, there's not much to it, but again, it's kind of like this nice little, I mean, I love the, I can see the air, I can see the heat. I mean, that's, yeah, well, I just think, and they call it a scene. I call it disaster. Is such a great yeah, I opening think about line. That. Yeah, yeah. And I always think about that in connection with a, this ain't no Mecca man. This place is fucked. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a straight line between those two, <laughs> like lyrics to me. And 
Um, yeah. It's, but yeah, yeah, there's, it's. And we should say it definitely has a, a strain of like, it's talking about the street and it's also talking about like in the pit. You're right. right. Like, like, like that's, that's sort of like a obvious surface reading that like we didn't talk about that. Right. Yes. A lot of it, there's a couple lines that are about like the scene report nature of it. And right. I was sort of like jumping to the bigger thing because that's, yeah. you know. Which again, the scene report is primo Tim Armstrong. So yeah, exactly. So. I mean, it's all there. Yep. So 1989. Yep. Stand up and take a look around. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. I think that, I think that's good. Um, I'm really curious to hear what people think about bad town. So, um, yeah, before we get into next week's pick, use our new voicemail thing and let us know your thoughts. And yeah. We, so you can find that on our, all of our social and whatnot. Um, you can use your phone or a browser to just record a little short voicemail for us. And we'll, in a couple of weeks, uh, play some of those back and, and, and hear what people have to say about bad town. Yeah. And just, if you don't hear it like next week, don't be alarmed. We record a couple of weeks in advance. So it might take a couple of weeks, yeah. but we will absolutely listen to and go through all of them. So, yeah, um, we're, we're still figuring it out, but yeah, people have been giving us some good feedback about, um, wanting to, and it's been sort of like a no brainer, like, Oh yeah, we, we, kind of book club this with you guys we, we tell you what we're going to do next week you guys can send us in even stuff for next week so it could be more likely to be included by yeah. the time we uh so go ahead feel free to like send us stuff for next week's song or the old songs like we'll just start playing them and we'll we'll figure out how all this is going to yeah. work but we we love to hear from you and we'll um play stuff and and react yeah it'll be fun absolutely perfect um with that said, what are we talking about next week? Uh, let's talk about Rwanda. Oh, cool! Yeah, well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a solid one. Kind of a kind of. I think it's an interesting one on yeah, and especially like within the context of two thousand. But well, yeah, know. it's one of those ones that kind of breaks the rules of two thousand. Yes, bit. yeah, and but we'll talk about that more next week. I'm going to not yep. do the thing where we now talk for five minutes about the talk song. Talk about for the, <laughs> <laughs> the episode. Yeah. In the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. All right. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We appreciate all the feedback. Send us an email at shit. What's our email address? Uh, uh, 11th. <laughs> 11th hour pod. Yeah, I'm like looking at it. Yes. 11th, 11th hour, hour pod. Pond. Or just 11th hour. No, Shit. 11th hour pod. Okay. Getting good at this. All right. 11th hour pod at Gmail. No, is it Gmail? God, fuck. Yeah, Gmail. 11th hour pod at Gmail. I'm second guessing my entire life right now. Um, and note the two H's. And you can also holler at us on Twitter and on Instagram at Rancid Pod. Did I forget anything? No. Okay. We've been getting good emails. Uh, I really appreciate them, even if we're kind of slow to respond because I was out on vacation. But thanks, you know, thanks. Yeah, to keep coming. Been we're giving us. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. Yeah, so. it's uh, it's great to not feel like we're just shouting out into the void. So, yeah, appreciate it's it. Awesome. All right. Uh, until next week, then we uh, will see you in the pit.
I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> Man, I was thinking like the count or something. I was like, yeah, that became like one, a one pit, one pit. I will see you in two. two. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where this episode ends. I was gonna say, do you like immediately cut after that and then like have a button of you <laughs> reacting to yourself or what? I don't know. But I'll, I'll make that call in two weeks. Okay.